Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hello, I hope you're having a good day. We are in the middle of our glory study for month seven of our 2020 study, if you're current with us. And we are taking Isaiah this month, especially the last half of Isaiah, and keying in on some glory verses from that book. But as we do, I wanted us to back up today to a chapter in 2 Chronicles. If you could look at 2 Chronicles chapter 26. As we look at Isaiah, we are as we look at the history around it, we are aware that he prophesied to Judah and he prophesied for a lot of years, somewhere between probably 50 and 60 years to the nation of Judah. And sometimes he would say some things to Israel as well, who was by the time of Isaiah in captivity to the Assyrians. It had looked like from a human standpoint that earlier Judah, the southern kingdom would also be in Assyrian captivity, but that was not the will of the Lord. And so the Lord is preparing Judah now through the book of Isaiah, through his prophecies for some rough treatment by the Babylonians and for Babylonian captivity. And the Bible is clear that Isaiah prophesied during the reigns of four kings of Judah, kings of the southern kingdom, and they were Isaiah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. And as we look at those kings, we realize that for the most part, there was a pretty steady digression during the times of those kings. Isaiah was a good king, and we read about him in Second Chronicles chapter 26. But then he did something that was very much rebellious in the eyes of the Lord there in Second Chronicles chapter 26. And he was the king that was in on the throne prior to um, Isaiah's beginning prophecy. So when we see Isaiah prophesying, we know that Isaiah was a prophet at the time of the incident that happened in Second Chronicles chapter 26. And so I just think it's very interesting to read about the king of the land to whom Isaiah was prophesying as he began the book of Isaiah. And we read about this horrible incident in his life that actually brought down his kingship and passed the throne on to his son Jotham. So we're in Second Chronicles chapter 26. And we're reading about the good things that Isaiah did. And I've heard him called also Uzziah. But I, I think I'm going to say Isaiah. That's how the um, phonetic markings in my good study Bible pronounce this. So the people of Judah took Isaiah when he was just 16 years old, verse 1 tells us, and made him king in the room of his father Amaziah. 16 years old, verse 3, was he when he began to reign, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Jeraliah of Jerusalem, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper." And verse 7 says, God helped him against the 
Philistines. He built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, at the valley gate, at the turning of the wall, and he fortified them, and he built towers in the in the desert. He loved husbandry. We really get a lot of detail here about Isaiah that we don't get about a lot of the kings. He had a host of fighting men, verse 11, that went out to war by bands, and the whole number of the chief of the fathers of the mighty men of valor were 2,600, and under their hand was an army of 307,500 that made war with mighty power to help the king against his enemy. So we have a king here who's strong, a king here who's being blessed of God, a king here who's doing that which is right in the eyes of the Lord. But there was this one matter of rebellion that brought down the throne of Isaiah. And it actually made him a leper. And we're going to begin reading in that about that in verse 16. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction so that he did corruptly and he transgressed against the Lord his God and he went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense and Azariah the priest went in after him and with him 80 priests of the Lord that were valiant men and they withstood Isaiah the king and they said to him it doesn't pertain to you Isaiah, to burn incense to the Lord, but to the priests, the sons of Aaron, that are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. Neither shall it be for your honor from the Lord God. And then Isaiah gets angry. But I want us to back back up to verse 16. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his own destruction so that he did corruptly, the American Standard Version says. Sometimes when we get strong in physical might, and it had just told us that he had this, this army of, of army captains or elite army men of um, 2,600, and then under them he had these armies, 300,000 and 307,500. Sometimes it's hard for me to read those numbers in my KJV because it spaces them out to say 300,000 and 7,500. It's almost like a child's math book there, putting them all in the, in the rows of uh, based on base 10 there. But it was 307,500. So 307,500 men. He had a strong army. And it says, they made war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. Who do you think was blessing Isaiah with this mighty army? Well, the Bible tells us a few verses before that the one who helped him defeat the Philistines was God. Verse 7, God helped him. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah. And God, verse 5, made him to prosper. God was doing all of this, but when he was successful, verse 16, when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. And the scripture, of course, tells us that pride comes before a fall. 
His heart was lifted up to his destruction. The priests went in and tried to correct him, but it made him not humble in the sight of God. It made him angry. Verse 19, Isaiah was wroth and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wroth, leprosy even rose up in his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord from beside the incense altar. We've got a leprous man in the place of a priest here where priests are supposed to be standing in the house of the Lord. And Azariah the high priest and all the priests looked on him and behold, he was leprous in his forehead and they threw him out from thence. Yea, himself also hasted to go out because the Lord had smitten him. And Isaiah the king was a leper unto the day of his death and dwelt in a several house being a leper for he was cut off from the house of the Lord and Jotham his son was king over the was over the king's house judging the people of the land and get this now the rest of the acts of Isaiah first and last did Isaiah the prophet the son of Amos write so Verse 23, Isaiah slept with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers in the field of the burial which belonged to the kings, for they said, He is a leper. And Jotham his son reigned in his stead. Very sad account of a man there that was doing a lot of good things, had a lot of great potential for the Lord, could have done a lot of good things for the kingdom of Judah. In fact, he was a very influential good man in the kingdom of Judah. But his problem was, when he was successful, his heart was lifted up. He became full of pride, and he decided that he could do whatever he wanted to, uh, laying aside the restrictions and the limitations that God had put upon him. He was not a priest. Does that mean he was any less valuable to the kingdom here at this time, doing all these righteous things? Oh, no. He was of great value to the kingdom. Think we can make an application here with our limited roles as women. Are we less valuable to the kingdom just because we can't go in and burn the incense? And I'm speaking metaphorically, of course. Of course we're not less valuable to the kingdom. We can do great things for the kingdom, but we just can't preach. We can't be the elders of the church. We can't be the leaders of the congregations. And when we try to do that, we go in and burn the incense on the altar because we've lifted up ourselves to our own destruction. I just think that's a very interesting incident that happened early on in the prophecies of Isaiah. In fact, to the very first king under which Isaiah was working as a prophet in the land of Judah. And we flip over to Isaiah chapter 1, the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Isaiah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. And this is the first thing that Isaiah writes or speaks as a prophet. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children and they have rebelled against me. Who did we say was helping Isaiah? The Lord was helping him. The Lord was nourishing him. The Lord was prospering him. Verse 3, the ox knows his owner, 
and the donkey knows his master's crib, but Israel doesn't know. My people are not considering or thinking. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. Why should you be stricken any more? Will you revolt more and more? The whole head is sick. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? I'm not saying we're reading exactly about this incident in the life of Isaiah at this time, but this is reminiscent. The whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint. From the sole of the foot, even to the head, there's no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They haven't been closed, neither have they been bound up, neither mollified with ointment. He's saying something like what happened to Isaiah is happening metaphorically to the entire nation of Judah at this time. Your country's desolate, your cities are burned with fire, your land, strangers devour it in your presence, and it's desolate as overthrown by strangers. And the daughter of Zion is left as a booth in a vineyard, as a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city, except the Lord of hosts had left to us a very small remnant. We should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the law of our God, you people of Gomorrah. He's comparing them to people who have totally forsaken the Lord. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me, says the Lord? I am full of the burnt offering of rams and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or lambs or of the he-goats. When you come to appear before me, who's required this at your hand to tread my courts? Don't bring me any more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination to me. The new moons and the Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with it. It's iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hates. They are a trouble to me. I'm weary to bear them. And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. When you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean. And put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Stop doing evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. I'm reading to you here the whole premise of the book of Isaiah. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. When was the Lord blessing Isaiah? When were they victorious over their enemies? When were they prosperous? Yeah, when Isaiah was walking in the commands of the Lord. But when he, verse 20 of Isaiah, refused and rebelled, he was devoured with leprosy at the time. And then later on, his people 
were devoured by the sword. And we find Isaiah writing after certainly some of that had already occurred. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And the passages that we've been reading this month from chapter 48-ish on to 66, the chapters that we've been reading are under this umbrella of a prophet begging a people to come and reason together. Because when they've sinned so that their sins are as scarlet, God can still make them white as snow. And prophetically, he continues to tell them that to the end of the book of Isaiah, prophesying of a time when a Messiah will come and he will bear our iniquities. The bruises that he has upon him are really the bruises for our iniquities. His hair will be pulled out. He will be spit upon. He will be mocked. They will hang him on a cross. The one who came through the womb of a mother lived a perfect life. He will take the wounds for us. And that's what the last half of the book of Isaiah that we've been reading about. Oh, in a, a more immediate sense, he's telling Judah to repent after this downward spiral that they've been in, that there's hope for them even after the Babylonian captivity. But in the big picture, he's saying through Judah, I'm going to bring the Messiah. And it's the same with us today. Let us reason together. Though our sins are as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. I hope you're having a great day. And I hope that your sins are like wool today. Have a good one. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Dig a Bit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.